0: This is transistor.fm.
1: This podcast is brought to you by Active Campaign. If you want to run better email campaigns, if you're just tired of your current provider, head over to ActiveCampaign.com slash build your SAS and start a free trial with that URL. You get a second month free, a free migration from any other platform, and two free one-on-ones.
0: Hey everyone, welcome to Build Your SaaS. This is the behind the scenes story of building a web app in 2019. I'm John Buddha, a software engineer.
1: And I'm Justin Jackson, and I do product and marketing. Follow along as we build transistor.fm. No witty intro today? Yeah, I decided, well, I decided I, I, I wouldn't today. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, I'm Justin Jackson, and happy Canadian Thanksgiving, because that's this weekend. Really? Already? Yeah. Yeah. By the time this episode has published, it will already be gone away. Interesting. Yeah, we should discuss the merits of doing Thanksgiving in October, when you still have a healthy margin between you and Christmas, as opposed to having two big turkey dinners back to back. Yep, do you do you have turkey for Christmas as well? Not usually, no. Um, But isn't that also the tradition—the Christmas bird? It's one, yeah. It's one of them.
0: I think we we generally don't have like huge family Christmas dinners, so it's like,
1: oh, interesting. Yeah, no, not not usually. Is that a Canadian thing that because we have uh, a lot of Canadian families will have turkey on Thanksgiving and then you know, Christmas Day, they'll have a big Christmas Day meal.
0: Yeah. Uh, occasionally. Yeah. I think we, uh, I mean, my family has in the past when we've had bigger family gatherings, but gotcha. it's not usually super big. Plus we like to mix it up and I'm pretty sure my dad just doesn't like cooking turkey that much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's, I can't wait till I get if, to be if retired. If you're listening, he
0: can confirm that. <laughs>
1: I can't, can't wait till I get to be retired and I can just decide wh- what I like. <laughs> Wait, is your dad retired yet?
0: Yeah, he is. Oh, he
1: is. See, my my dad is in what they call semi-retirement, which just means he's working as much as he used to. Well, probably not as much as he used to, but he, he really likes to work. All right, so I've got a few ideas for this episode. We just, we had a French exchange student come in yesterday, and so I'm a bit befuddled because i I was helping get the house ready for this student that's staying with us for two weeks. Um, And uh, I didn't, you know, write out a bunch of show notes. But there was something that you said in Slack that kind of piqued my interest. You said, uh, man, I'm not used to all this attention. It's weird, not bad, just not used to it.
0: Yeah, that was a reaction to, um, I think, a lot of the replies that you had gotten on something you wrote about us reaching uh 30k mmr yeah but also also other you know other people like jason freed replying and and then me getting caught in replies and that i'm just like <laughs> i don't know i'm not used to it I don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't i don't love attention like i'm not doing this for the attention it's nice it's nice mhm it, i it feels good to get the you know congratulations and and the uh, the support and all that, but um I generally don't know how to react to it,
1: yeah, <laughs> well, I want to dig into that a little bit because we do have oh, so I've obviously um, probably purposefully uh, attracted a lot of attention,
0: yeah, right, and I think it's been great and, and that's what you're you're great at and I you probably enjoy it. <laughs>
1: I I do enjoy it. Yeah. If I'm being honest, yeah. I would ho- I would hope so. I mean, I can feel also so that feeling when you get a a barrage of um of replies like that and retweets and excitement. It's kind of like it's kind of like when you're putting the drug in your veins for the first 10, ten seconds. <laughs> 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 This is well, the worst we, metaphor I've ever. We haven't covered. gone over
0: that. I don't, we haven't covered that history of of your life. <laughs>
1: um, meaning that I actually don't like when it gets really crazy like that. It's also crazy for me and overwhelming. Yeah. But I think I'm so used to it that uh, I'm able to go. Oh, well, I know how this feels. Like it's like exhilarating and you, I get a, a flood of uh, good chemicals in my body or whatever Yeah. and, but, and I, I know it's almost like it, it's, it kind of feels like when you're like top of hacker news and you're just seeing like tons of traffic and you're refreshing your stats all the time and you're getting tons of people messaging you going hey you're top of ta- hacker news and you're getting all these folks replying and mm-hmm. tweeting about it and it's super exhilarating uh but it's not like healthy like you wouldn't want to do that all the time no
0: for yeah I think for me it's um, initially like immediately it it feels good and then it
1: mm-hmm.
0: changes into this into this anxiety that there's all these eyeballs and attention on mm. what we're doing and yeah, and you kind of have to work through like you know what is this like now there's all this tension like i don't want to screw up.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah.
0: No, yeah, that's basically, I mean, that's pretty much it, I think.
1: Keep going. So, so you mean, so part of the anxiety for you is now there's all these folks watching us. It's not necessarily about like competitors stealing our ideas, or is that part of it too? No, no, no okay. I don't think, not at all. No, it's mostly it's, um, kind of like performance anxiety. Yeah.
0: It's like, it's probably fairly irrational. I mean, it seems like everyone who's been replying and, 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 Saying things to us is like very supportive, and and mm-hmm. saying nice things, and they're you know congratulating us, and you know they're like we've been watching you, and you you know it's a great job, and you deserve it. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it almost puts the pressure on to to like I don't know, work even harder, or which isn't mm-hmm. a bad which isn't a bad thing,
1: mm-hmm. but. Mm-hmm.
0: It's like oh man now we got to keep now we got to keep this up.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I mean there is a there is so my experience so far as someone who has um not a huge following but uh y- you know, big enough I guess is that most of it is really positive. Uh I I I have noticed that once you get to a certain stage and really if you're doing anything interesting on the internet eventually you're going to attract some folks that don't like you and yeah. uh you know i cert- there's certainly people out there that do not like me uh and i have i probably just one <laughs> person who is a real i feel like a real troll to me and is uh, sometimes makes me want to not be on the internet overall the it's it's been quite positive, but I, for sure, you know, once you're in the public sphere, there is that risk that there's going to yeah. be someone out there, and and it usually comes in in the form of a a sarcastic or a sarcastic comment, you know, where mm. they feel like you're you're higher, so that they feel fine, maybe bringing you down a bit or right. kicking you in the shins a little bit. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't, it's, I don't even really worry about the negative aspects of it. I mean, I know that's part of the internet.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I don't, I don't know if that would really affect me as much as the positive attention. And like okay. I said, it's not, it's not a bad, it, the, the positive attention is not a bad thing. It's, it's encouraging.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it partly, part of it is this like, almost like a uh, imposter syndrome where it's like, Oh man, I don't know if we actually do we deserve this? Like,
1: mm. yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it, it's just, uh,
1: yeah, I've felt that too.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's just hard to, I don't know, it's hard to know what to do with it, I guess. Is, mm-hmm. you know, it, beyond just saying like, hey, thanks, like, thanks for following along and, and kind of filing in a way for a day where things really suck. <laughs> and, and you can look back on it and be like, oh yeah. People are people people are encouraging.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's actually a good that is an advantage is when you yeah, when you're not feeling great, you can look back and go, you know what, there there are a lot of folks that uh have been encouraging in the past and hopefully we're being honest and real enough in public and this is a decision we've purposefully made i don't think every company needs to be this uh open and vulnerable right but yeah, we yeah. just by starting the show we kind of opened up our lives to the the public right yeah
0: and it's a weird thing for me because i'm not used to that and it it's sort of this strange balance now between sharing things here but then also feeling anxiety about being encouraged for sharing it mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and doing well
1: <laughs> uh, well just wait till things get really bad and then yeah and then uh, we can share that too <laughs> <laughs> i wonder also something else i've i've wondered but i i've never really asked you is uh because i ha- i have already been quite open. Like I write a weekly uh, newsletter that goes out to 10,000 people. I have a personal blog where I share a lot about our journey. And because I, I'm always kind of in public sharing, uh, I'm, sometimes of the two of us, or often of the two of us, I get more attention. Mm-hmm. And I wondered if that ever bugged you. Uh, no, no, it hasn't. Okay.
0: I mean, it. I, you know, I've, I think I've made the decision to not share that stuff. There's certainly lots of stuff I could write about. I just haven't done it yet. And maybe I'll get to that point. Uh, but no, it doesn't, I don't, I'm not like jealous that you're getting more attention or being invited on more podcasts <laughs> or what. I, no, it's, there's none of that. Okay. Cause I, what... it, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me.
1: Well, okay. And cause like, uh, David David Hannemar Hansen when he tweeted said uh, Justin congrats to Justin and crew. Yeah. And and you mentioned that. And I, I was just wondering if that bugged you. Oh,
0: no, I just thought it was funny that he said crew and it's just two of us.
1: Okay. Cuz <laughs> one thing I've tried to be really conscientious about is and maybe you don't like this, but I'm I'm trying to be very conscientious to say like I'm the co-founder of Transistor. Right. This is something that John started. John is my partner. It's this is this is John and I's thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've noticed that. I I appreciate it.
1: Okay. Yeah,
0: I mean, on the flip side of that, do you wish I would be more vocal on no in public on the internet, like <laughs> no tweet like
1: tweeting all day? No, no, not at all. No, day, but, at all. no. <laughs> okay. I I just. I want to make sure that there's no, there's no, um, this is good to kind of clear the air. I want to make sure that there's no kind of, um, lingering resentment about any of that. Yeah. Um, because I'm happy to be in public and I know a lot of partnerships have this dynamic. You had Walt and Roy Disney, you had Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak, you had, um, in some ways, uh, in some ways you had Bill Gates and, uh. Wow, who is the fellow I'm thinking of? Paul, the developers Paul? guy? No, developers, 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 developers. Oh yeah,
0: Ballmer. Steve Ballmer. Ballmer.
1: <laughs> yeah, Steve Ballmer. Uh, and uh, so I'm clearly Steve Ballmer in that in that <laughs> metaphor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I I know that this is a common dynamic, but I just wanted to hear how you felt about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's uh, it's interesting. I mean, you know, where we are now with this product and i guess attention we've gotten if you want to call it that like Mm -hmm. you know back when twitter started when i first got on it when it was it blew up at south by southwest i think Mm -hmm. right but it was like not anywhere near what it was now it's just like looking back on that and then looking at where we're at now and where where i'm at and the ability to connect with people on the internet like i don't I probably would have loved it back then. Mm. Yeah, when it was and a smaller that, group. Yeah, and it was more about like Twitter is such a different place now. Mm-hmm. Although you can sort of tailor it to what you want it to be to some extent, I think. But yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I, I guess I'll, throughout the years, like certain things have turned me off about it.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and I probably would have been using it a lot differently had I been in that spot like when it started
1: yeah way back when
0: when you're like all these people on there that you look up to and you want to communicate with but you're like Mm -hmm. I don't really have any reason to or
1: Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah I mean one thing that has been crazy for me is I remember it being 2008 and me having to drive an hour into Edmonton. And my boss introduced me to 37 Signals and their book. And then shortly after, they started their first podcast. And I used to listen to Jason and David talk about building base camp. And there's no way that that Hmm. 28, 29-year-old person would have ever thought that he would ever have any sort of connection to them. They just right. seemed so far away. Uh, and the same with Rob Walling. I used to listen to his podcast every morning. Um, I used to listen to Nation uh, oh, yeah. e- every morning. And uh, Ryan Carson had a, a podcast uh, for Carsonified I used to listen to. And, yeah, the idea that the Internet does allow you over time to connect with all these folks and these relationships are almost always kind of built out of uh, what you're making and what you're putting out into the world.
0: Yeah. To some extent. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It's yeah. I mean, having kind of building on what you said about like being introduced to those people and then, Never really thinking you'd be in the place to, I don't know, communicate with those people directly.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean you kind of put some people on a pedestal, and you're like, man, they really know what they're doing. And
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, never, I'll never get to that point. Uh, and I was, I was listening to a podcast this morning that I think I sent your way. Uh, it's Chase Chase Jarvis on the um, Ritual Podcast. He always has really good guests, but he he was kind of talking about his path to getting where he's at. And he's, he's like, you know, we look at these, we look at some people and we think that they're just like born with this ability Mm -hmm. to be creative or be successful or whatever. And really you kind of look back on your career or anyone's career. And it never started out. Never really started out with them wanting to necessarily be at a certain spot. It's just that they adapted really well. And like, ended mm-hmm. up they like steered their life in a certain direction but not never never really had a destination mhm or like they didn't have a map they had a compass right so yeah um and i think you can kind of look at all these people that you look up to and they probably have the same story they they probably looked up to other people and mm-hmm. uh felt the same way at one point
1: yeah totally yeah i like that idea of not a map but a compass right where we're at now, you can see the way we kind of turned our lives this direction years ago. So, like when you were building that first podcast product before yeah. we and you and I even met, that was you turning yourself a certain way. And in some ways, that's a big reason you and I even hung out at all that first XOXO is that I had a podcast. And so there's this slight overlap. Mm-hmm. over our lives where it was like, oh, you make software for podcasters and I'm a podcaster and this gives us something to talk about. And then um, you introduced me to Mike and Mike was into Electronica and I had, uh, I you know, <laughs> back in high school I was really in the rave scene. And so the, the three of us all of a sudden had this overlap and we could have this discussion, right? Right, yeah. And... Even all of that, you think about all of these little nudges. Uh, and it is about us kind of going, okay, well, I'm going to face this way. And I mean, if I think back to like my ideas back then or even before that for like what I was going to do on the internet, they're so silly in retrospect. <laughs> like when I think about the stuff I wanted to build and the, you know, but that I was orienting myself that direction. And so even though those first ideas that I was convinced were going to be amazing, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> those didn't work out. And I would like, I would honestly be ash- totally ashamed if anyone found my notes folder from <laughs> from back then. You know, just orienting your life in that direction kind of determines, you know, if you keep pursuing it,
0: hmm Yeah. Yeah. I think it's yeah, I think it's more about orienting yourself in a direction than being so determined on one particular destination.
1: hmm Totally. Totally. This actually reminds me of the talking about Twitter and early Twitter. There's this new trend uh, of folks doing it's not a new trend. Well, it's a new trend in that there's a lot of people doing it. There's a lot of bootstrapping podcasts right now. Uh, like, I could probably list off 10 off the top of my head. Let me try. Uh, art of product, bootstrapping SaaS, uh, slow and steady, bright and early, um, build your SaaS, bootstrapping web, startups for the rest of us, which has been going forever. Um, oh, uh, getting to ramen. That's eight. What am I missing here? Uh, b- uh, bootstrapping digest with Ashley. Baxter, what's is there any other ones I'm missing? Oh, uh product journey. Mm-hmm. So I've just listed off ten. I'm sure there I'm and I apologize if I if I've missed your show. I I I actually do listen to them all. Um what's interesting is it feels like a a big party line right now. Hmm. Do you remember party lines? Did you ever have party lines growing up? Was it
0: just like a group phone call? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, so if you grew up in the country, in Canada, and probably in the States, there was only one phone number for an entire area. And so our phone, like, we had a special ring. It was like, you know, ding, 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 and then we would know that was for us. But if there was, like, uh, two long rings, we knew that was for the house down the road.
0: Oh, wow. No, I did not know about that.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, and I might be getting this wrong. Maybe we all had different numbers, but there was only infrastructure to sort, like, it, it would ring our special number. But anyway, it was shared. So you could pick up the phone and there would be a teenager, you know, three <laughs> acreages down talking to their girlfriend and start swearing at you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the cool thing about, a, I, I so the metaphor kind of breaks down here, but the idea is that you know, there's all of these conversations happening and it's kind of being done in the commons. Like folks will go, you know, Jordan Gall will hear something on our podcast and then he'll talk about it on uh, Bootstrapping Web. Or Brian Ray will hear something on our show and he'll talk about it on Brighton Early. And um, there's just this weird kind of, um, it feels very early Twitter to me Mm -hmm. And it's an interesting use of podcasting that I haven't really thought about before, which is you can start these shows. They don't need to have a ton of listeners, but when the community is listening, it it becomes really fascinating, you know, because you're getting these weekly updates from all these different people at different stages who are bootstrapping stuff. And even, like, Adam Wadden has a show called Full Stack Radio. He just did an interview with Rob Walling. Taylor Otwell has a, a podcast called the Laravel Snippet, where he usually talks about tech topics. But he's just started this new series where he's talking about how he's sold ten million dollars worth of software on uh, since he started Laravel. Yeah, and so all of these discussions and people sharing their experience and vulnerably sharing kind of the ups and downs. That's really interesting to me that this is happening. And kind of does feel like early Twitter to me.
0: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I never really thought about it that way.
1: Yeah, and I I think to think of, I guess the party line part is instead of just thinking of a podcast as, "Hey, we're the broadcasters and we're bringing you bootstrapping radio every day," (laughs) uh, it's more like you know a a big a big telephone call, you know, a big. or a chain letter, or something. we got to get the metaphor right, but it's more of us each talking to each other asynchronously and picking up on, oh, you, you guys tried that? Oh, we're going to talk about that on our show. And, oh, that's interesting. I never thought about that uh, until they brought it up. You know, you might challenge somebody on, you know, we've sometimes brought in other folks' ideas on this show, and then they respond on their show. Really kind of interesting. Hmm. And... uh it feels like we're in a unique time in this little community. And yeah, yeah totally. just wanted to bring it yeah. up.
0: That's cool. I wonder if there's uh, more opportunity for cross, cross show guests in, in the future or for the new year or something. Some, something like that.
1: Yeah, we should think about that. How we can, um, yeah, m- more of us being on each other's shows, uh, more of us promoting each other's shows whenever we can. Uh, talking about good bootstrapping podcasts, Founder Quest, folks. If you're not listening to Founder Quest, you have to. This is honestly one of my favorite shows. Honey Badger is sponsoring this episode, but I would have I'd be talking about Founder Quest regardless. It's three guys who bootstrapped a software business uh, in a really competitive space in the error monitoring space. They've got really big venture-backed competitors. They work about 30 hours a week. And I just love them describing, uh, you know, some episodes they'll describe how they got there, you know, what what happened in the past that enabled them to get where they are now. And sometimes they'll talk about things they're doing right now. And it's very, um, I just like getting a, a sense of how other founders are with each other, you know, like the relationship. So, yeah, thanks to Honey Badger for sponsoring this episode. Go check them out. Honeybadger.io, start a free trial and uh zip open your uh zip open. Zip open your podcast player and uh search for Founder Quest. Uh it's a really really great show and they are gearing up for their new season right now. Awesome. So, the other thing, uh I wanted to kind of talk about quickly <laughs> one because here's another like moment from our slack this is another moment from our slack I was interviewed for basecamp's podcast rework and I just felt like I flubbed it and I I went and told you yeah
0: and I was I was curious as to why I know you were gonna you were this podcast they were gonna be on it with another owner of a podcast hosting company, but I...
1: Yeah, Lex Friedman from Art19, I think. But I
0: guess he was going to be on separately, so I was I was curious as to, like, why you thought you... were, If the questions were hard or if...
1: I think I just wasn't in my zone. And so Waylon was interviewing me, and she was asking great questions. She's a professional journalist. Uh, but I think I just... Like, if I'd taken three deep breaths before I started, I would have probably been better. Hmm. Maybe? I don't know. Sometimes to talk well, (laughs) your brain just has to be in that flow. And it just felt like, you know, when you're riding a bike and your chain's not catching on every Uh tooth of the gear, like it just felt like a bunch of moments like that where uh, uh, my chain just wasn't catching And uh, yeah, I don't know how it'll turn out.
0: What was the the topic? The topic was kind of like why they switched to us, right?
1: Yeah, so why Basecamp switched to us. And also, uh, I'm glad, really glad we had our conversation the week previous about our values and what we value, you know, what do we think about dynamic ad insertion um, and ad targeting and Facebook and right. all these other things. And so I... I had some practice in talking about those things out loud. And that's a lot of the questions like, OK, well, tell us about your company and your ethos, you know. And uh, one thing that was interesting, I think, is that I just listened to this first episode of Startup Season 3, the current season. And it is fascinating, folks. If you have not started listening to it yet, <sighs> so
0: it's it's. This is all this is all about sort of like the end of Gimlet, right? As they got as they were being sold to Spotify. Mhm.
1: Yeah. And way more meaty than I thought it would be. Mm. It kind of opens with this this um I want to say tableau. <laughs> is that what it opens with this tableau of of them in an ad meeting and they're they're not selling enough ads. They've got like 10% sell-through on one of their shows. And Alex, the CEO, is like, that's really bad. And so they're in a financial trouble. Yeah, It's it's interesting because it reveals something that I think we just didn't know before. Like previously when I thought of Gimlet, I thought of like they are the HBO of podcasting.
0: Right, like they wouldn't have problem selling advertising.
1: No, they're making these incredible shows. Everyone wants to be them, you know? Um in the content world. The idea that they were they were really struggling. Like they didn't know if they were going to survive. Their money is running out. Hmm. And uh Alex and his co-founder Matt are fighting a lot, so they talk a lot about the fights they were having.
0: Probably because the money was not coming in. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which actually gave me some interesting insight into like right now you and I are getting along pretty well because we're growing every month. Uh but I can see if there was ever a there's two things that I could see us getting stressed out about and then wanting to take it out on each other. Right. Uh one is financial struggles. Uh two actually would be philosophical struggles and 3 would be infrastructure struggles mm-hmm. like the app goes down or whatever yep. and you know i i sign a new deal for 3000 new customers and you're pissed at me because
0: and you're yelling at me like
1: why is why are the servers down yeah exactly that was good john i think you should play yourself in our tv remake <laughs> 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 in catching fire the new season of catching fire that explores the oh yeah <laughs> a burgeoning podcast startup halt and catch fire that's not oh man Halted i keep catch listening fire.
0: to that soundtrack it's so good but that, that
1: there's a soundtrack
0: there's two there's yeah there's two uh two albums worth of music that they made for really? the show and it's all very good and it's all instrumental
1: it's a good work music it's
0: great w- work music and st- that show is so good.
1: I, I got, I got to try it again. It's got to be like one I mean, of my
0: favorite shows of the past decade.
1: It was just a little bit too weird for me, like that that weird, creepy dude that's always doing creepy things with creepy people, and I just like, uh, I. <sighs> okay, can we just take a quick sidebar? I have a question. That main character, that's kind of the the the. The person that comes from IBM. Yeah, he's like this. To, Steve Jobs person, sort of. He's the Steve Jobs person, but very weird. We you never really know about him. Yeah, like he's he's got these mysterious scars. Yeah, you end up learning more. Okay, he he's like making out with everybody.
0: Yeah, he's he's a bit of a wreck, but I think you sort of discover his past over the three seasons.
1: Okay, so I just so here's. Some when I encounter a character like that, so initially I really wanted to like him because I'm like, oh, this is kind of like me. You know, I see myself in this, like, oh, this guy's gonna come and he's gonna, you know, he wants to you know how you always want to be the hero of the story? Right. And then he starts doing all that messed up shit, and I'm like, oh man, I this is weird. Like this just this is just weird. And all that drama and weirdness. Really affects me personally for some reason.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of it. Yeah, because you want to like the guy, but then you're like, this guy is an asshole. I mean, it's kind of mm-hmm. like it's kind of like Steve Jobs. Dude was an asshole.
1: Yeah, yeah, but see, I always really want to like Steve. I only watch Steve's good videos. Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I yeah. Maybe I just need to really work on confronting human darkness more.
0: Maybe I I just I just love the show because of its portrayal of the industry that i'm in or that we're in right like yeah. the beginnings of it until when it ends which is like
1: uh early 2000s okay but here's i guess here's the existential question i have is real life that dramatic and we just have this kind of auspice of public politeness that keeps it under wraps
0: I no, I doubt it. I think well, it's okay. it's a TV show. It would be boring if it wasn't <laughs> if there was no <laughs> drama.
1: <laughs> I, I, those are just the shows I like. I like <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, no, just keep this like Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, apparently I've got some things to work on.
0: But anyway, good soundtracks.
1: You get the picture of what's really going on in the podcast industry? And one of the things Waylon and I talked about is that the podcast industry is actually maybe not as big as we thought it was. That was the thought I had while I was listening to the first episode. Like it's like if Gimlet is struggling. Right. And they, you know, they're the biggest and the best and they've got all this attention and they're kind of a darling. If they were struggling that much, Maybe podcasting isn't as big as folks have made it out to be. Yeah, that's a good
0: qu- it's it's a good question of like or were they trying to be bigger than they should have been? Like there are other networks like uh uh Mike Hurley's
1: um rework, I mean not rework, uh relay. Relay
0: and they seem to be doing well. Yeah. Um I think they're they make money on ads. I would assume.
1: Yeah, I think we. I think Mike needs a new show called uh, called Mike Whispering into his iPhone about his work stress. <laughs> 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 because that that's kind of what you don't get. You know, when you're looking on the outside, right? We're making assumptions about their business. Like, is it amazing, or does he cry to himself to sleep every night?
0: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> right. I mean that's yeah, and that's the
1: thing you would you thought about Gimlet was that they were doing really well. Mhm. Exactly. And I think the 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 kind of nice thought about it is podcasting from its inception has always just grown really slow and steady. You know, 10%, 15% year over year. And to hear that there was someone trying to make a big jump and it was there was a big gap there that they couldn't quite fill mm-hmm. i think part of that is reassuring to me in that okay i just want this thing to grow gradually that's actually better for the industry yeah, yeah i
0: wonder how do, i'll I'll listen to it cuz it does sound interesting have they gotten into like so they obviously took on funding Mm-hmm. Did they just yeah. like hire a bunch of people too fast like the thing that we wanted to avoid which was like you get money yeah. and then you just spend it and then now you got to figure out how to make it.
1: Yeah, I mean that their their hypothesis was that they were going to make really high quality shows the same way NPR or Planet Money would. And that that's what podcasting needed. Uh podcasting needed this kind of broadcast sensibility. Uh in the same way that HBO made really high quality shows for cable. And w- what they were finding is that they were making these really high-quality shows that cost a lot of money to make, but they're competing against uh, Rick, Roll. Rich, Rich, Rick Roll. Rich
0: Roll? Yeah, and like Rich Roll. Yeah, like Joe Rogan. And, and, and...
1: Dax Shepard. Yep. And these folks can make shows really cheaply. It's it all kind of around a a compelling personality and they can sell ads and they have these you know these big rabid audiences and so they they were encountering the competition of the market where you could make a really thought provoking documentary like uh they had one about um NASA or Mars or the moon or I'm sorry I'm getting that wrong but and it just cost a lot of money to make and it didn't and it got all sorts of uh critical attention and actually had really good download numbers but they couldn't sell ads huh. for the show, interesting, and yeah so so they were in this struggle of you know do we make cheaper shows and I mean it is it's a i I think whenever you're kind of going from zero to sixty so fast, you know they're they're really trying to you know Alex quits his job at this american life or planet money or whatever and now he's basically trying to build a studio really fast and create all these shows really fast. Yeah, yeah. so it was it was a, I, I we'll see how the interview turned out, but that there was just that thought in there of, oh, maybe hmm, maybe podcasting is not as big as we thought. And that could have actually repercussions for for transistor if uh I think I've got a good handle on this, but you never know. Is if there's a lot of people signing up for Transistor aspirationally in the sense that they're like, oh, I, I can't wait to be the next Gimlet. Um knowing how hard it is to do that, uh, I hope most of our customers don't want to be the next Gimlet. You know what I'm saying? Right. Or maybe that is fine. I don't know. Uh <laughs> You know, on the on the prosumer side, I think, for example, all these bootstrapping podcasts are really great. Cause those are people that are saying, Yeah, I'll spend, you know, twenty bucks a month to have this channel where I can participate in the conversation and participate in this kind of on this this dialogue that's happening happening in public. And uh, you know, some of those shows like Val Soapy has um bootstrapping Sass, uh he has enough download numbers that he can sell little sponsorships and basically pay for the show, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that that group, that makes sense, because I don't think they want to be super famous or anything. And then there's another group of customers that are signing up for their workplace. So we just had Databox sign up, and they have a show called Ground Up, that apparently that sh- this show has a lot of listeners because uh, I, we we got a someone signed up today for transistor because they heard oh, nice. the show uh, but yeah that's a that's a, a podcast that's being done under a company's banner and there's lots of podcasts like that and then there's all these folks signing up for private podcasting because they want to do employee onboarding and training and all, all of those seem great uh, my worry I think one of the the risks or threats to our business is Is if we are in a perception bubble where podcasting has gotten all of this media attention, and now people are going, "Oh, this is a good way to get rich quick." Right. Uh, I I I really hope we don't have uh, too many get rich quick customers. Yeah, I mean,
0: yeah, it could end with a bunch of people just canceling Mm -hmm. at the same time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and I think we've got some good competitive hedges, um, in there. Uh, for example, we allow people to start multiple podcasts on one account. We don't charge you for additional podcasts. So Brian Ray has started two podcasts that I know of. He might've even started more than that. You know, once you have more than one show, it becomes, okay, well, you know, I'll keep, I'll keep this going. This is worth it. But yeah, there is that risk out there and you never know, you know, what, what stage are we at right now? Cuz certainly in the media, New York Times, there's a lot of kind of uh, bubbly articles about podcasting. Right. But
0: it all it all focuses on one or two big popular shows, that's it. So Yeah. I'm, yeah, it seems a bit unrepresentative of what's actually going on. Cuz sure. the other, smaller shows are really just not they may be just as valuable, maybe not popular, but.
1: I mean, we believe that, but I wonder how many of those sh- people are starting podcasts because they want to be those popular. Oh, shows. sure.
0: Yeah. That's a good question.
1: And uh, will they be disappointed when they realize, wow, it actually takes five years to build up an audience? Or you have to team up with someone who's already been building an audience mm-hmm. for five years. Uh, like Conan O'Brien has one of the most popular podcasts on Apple podcast right now. Uh, but he's spent a, a lifetime building up an audience, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, in some ways, you and I benefited from for this show from our existing network, our existing audience, our existing connections. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were able to get to, I mean, even this show is not huge. We get um, our, oh, hold on. Sorry Chris there's a lot of hoofs in here. <laughs> um you know last month we had almost 23,000 downloads. Uh and our biggest month was 28,000 downloads. So I mean whew, that's in the bootstrapping space that's a pretty big podcast I I'm guessing. Uh I think Art of Product is, probably has more listeners. I think um uh, definitely Startups for the Rest of Us has more listeners. But you know for art, that, that's quite a bit for this community, Uh, but even that, getting to that space required us to have built an audience before. Uh, When Ben and Derek started Art of Product, they were really pulling from the Giant Robots Smashing Into Giant Robots podcast that they'd done Mm -hmm. previously. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. And if folks continue to find value in podcasting, uh, and i'm i'm talking about this one group here that might be more aspirational or more in the prosumer category um yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens with that category and really having an understanding of how much of our revenue comes from those folks right
0: it is i think a substantial amount
1: mhm yeah we'll see so yeah so that's uh yeah that'll be That'll be curious. It'll be curious to see how that ends up. Uh, let's to close things off. Let's give folks a, uh, an update on how we're shaping up. Our we're at the end of our uh, six week cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, next uh, uh,
0: next Tuesday, I believe we're scheduled to end it.
1: Hmm. And I'm wondering, will we have uh, this this is what I want, and so you can tell me if yeah. this is what we're, we'll be at. I would like to have public on Tuesday, a that the the feature is shipped into production, and I can turn it on certain accounts if I want to. Do you think that's going to be possible?
0: I think so. Yeah. Yes. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I so where we're at now is, I think we've finished up. All this, all these things we wanted to do functionally.
1: Mm-hmm. It's it's really t- to me. Every time I use it on staging, I'm like, this is so cool. <laughs> like I was looking. I, I know this is not a big deal to you, but I was looking <laughs> at that little subscriber counter. Yeah. Um, as you add private subscribers, it says you're using six of yeah. five hundred subscribers. I was just like, oh, this is so cool. Like <laughs> I love this.
0: <laughs> Sometimes, like it's it's weird looking back on something you built in six weeks and either mm-hmm. thinking I'm surprised we got that done in six weeks or that's all we got done in six weeks it's not an incredibly complicated feature but I it does take time to sort of simplify it mm-hmm. in a way that makes it easy to use so I don't know I, I go back and forth I struggle between like did we do enough or did we waste time or something I but we did we did you know we cut a few things we but we got we got everything we done done. I think we that we needed to get done for a certain subset of people to use it.
1: Yeah. Uh, by the way, I just refreshed staging, and uh, this new column appears where you can edit a uh, change an email address.
0: That was the last. That was the last piece um, that I wanted to finish. I think there's still probably today and Monday and part of Tuesday. Like we're still gonna be running through it and rewriting some copy and sort of. Kind of mm-hmm. finessing some of the like the onboarding and the just the flow of like creating a private podcast and adding subscribers and adding episodes and getting yeah. the, getting those subscribers their emails and getting them to be able to easily subscribe to this podcast.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think I mean I guess we'll know on Tuesday. (laughs) And then once we have this, we're going to do a two-week cool-down where we're going to kind of putter around and um, you know, it might be improving some things with this. It might be we have a list of other things we want to look at. I know you really want to look at analytics. Mm -hmm. I really want to get the marketing side out. Um, And the, the goal on Tuesday, starting Tuesday, will be for me to reach out to select customers and ask if they want... To add this feature to their account, mm-hmm. um, and I'll be testing it myself with an actual group of people. I think I'm gonna. I have this this online Slack community called Mega Maker. I think I'm going to do a private podcast just for them, nice. and and try this whole thing. Um, so yeah, I, the 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 flow seemed great. Uh, I feels like shaping things before and actually understanding flows and what would this look like. It did help. Like we always had the sense of we knew which going back to what you had mentioned at the beginning we always knew what direction we mm. were facing right right yeah yeah
0: yeah I uh, cool. and I you know I think we did sort of cut like I think we're going to be able to launch this on Tuesday but it's not it's not going to be a publicly accessible feature yet that was the goal but I think you know we made the decision this week to to cut that from. Well, it's not it's not on our current marketing site. it will be on the new marketing site, but there's also like all this other stuff that we realized that needed to be finished in order to do certain things like these custom enterprise plans for bigger customers and stuff like that. so like, yeah, we made a decision to cut that um
1: yeah, because when those unknowns come up, uh and it's almost like as you're going along, like you're pushing this rock up the hill, and more and more is becoming known. And then you get to the top, and then you're like, oh, wait, there's there's a few more. We could go this direction, but it would mean we have to hike uphill a little bit more.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and it's hard to, like enterprise billing. That just opens up this whole uh, right <laughs> box of unknowns. And so it was like, okay, instead of turning left and going up that hill, we'll just turn right and go down the hill.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, I, I don't think there's anything... I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's either that or you just like scrap the whole feature and you're like, oh, we're not going to (laughs) launch. I mean, (laughs)
1: that's that
0: cutoff point. or the
1: Yeah, well, and and having the cutoff point of going, okay, well, we're going to ship this into production, but what feels more calm in terms of our next step? And to me, as we were talking on the phone this week, I was like, what feels more calm is us opening this up to a few users at a time and seeing what they think. Like, do they upgrade so that they can use it? Right. Do they hate it? Do is it completely, you know, not usable or something? (laughs) Like, um, we won't know. And I'd rather do that in a sustainable way than like creating this big, perfectly crafted, like the marketing site's ready to go and enterprise billing, and we're gonna do a big splashy, you know, launch. I, I would rather kind of drip this out and get a calm feel for how people are gonna use it. And you know, then shape work, depend uh, kind of based on what feedback we get. Exactly. All right. I got I have another interview right now, so I gotta, I gotta run. Why don't you thank our Patreons? Thanks
0: as always to our Patreon supporters. Uh, James Sowers from userInput.io, Travis Fisher, Matt Buckley from nicethings.io, Russell Brown, Evandro Sassy, Pradyumna Shimbecker, Noah Prale, David Colgan, Robert Simplicio, Robert Gray, or Colin Gray, sorry, from Alitu.com, Josh Smith, Ivan Kirkovic, Brian Ray, Miguel Pedrofita, Shane Smith, Austin Lovelace, Simon Bennett, Corey Haynes, Michael Sitfer, Paul Jarvis, and Jack Ellis. My brother Dan Buda.
1: Dan Buddha, I, I saw he had a real nice tw- tweet for us. Did he? Nice. Yeah, he said. Yeah, he said something nice.
0: He he just launched his first commercial project for a Texas senator. I want to say. No way. Who's running for office? So, uh, congratulations. He should be really
1: proud of that. Yeah, good work, Dan.
0: Looks awesome. Darby Frey, Samori Augusto, Dave Young, Brad from Canada, Sammy Shuker,
1: Mike Walker,
0: Adam Devander, Dave Junta.
1: Junta, Junta really needs to understand that his name has now just become the um it, it, it's like it's like what listeners of this show say to each other to 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 to, to, to uh, establish like oh we both listen to this show. <laughs> it's like it's like what football fans, you know, uh, yeah. chant at a at a game. Uh, uh. Junta just needs to imagine there's thousands of people uh, going Junta Junta <laughs> Junta. It, it, it's escaped him. It's it's become something he it's could have never bigger possibly than him. imagined. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he'll,
0: he'll appreciate that. <laughs> Kyle Fox from GetRewardful.com and our sponsors this week: Active Campaign and Honey Badger.
1: Thanks so much for listening, folks. We will see you next week.